Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. I'm Andrew Musgrove and as usual joined by John Gibson, Newcastle. Welcome Fulham to St. James's Park on Sunday. That's why we're coming to you a day later than usual. Um, and also Fulham played last night against Chelsea. And would you believe it, just to start recording, the drilling goes off in the background. We'll continue. I'm hoping, John, can you hear that noise behind me? Yes, I can hear oh, you. you can. Well. So that means, so that's all our mean. wonderful audience will be able to as well. Um, highly frustrating, but we will try and push on. I was going to say, John, Fulham beat Chelsea last night. And if you had asked anybody at the start of this season before a single ball was kicked and you'd said, come the, th- uh, the 15th of January, the 16th of January, Newcastle will play Fulham and it'll be a top six clash they probably would have laughed you out of Tyneside, right? Absolutely. I mean, Newcastle third top, Fulham sixth. Um, normally, in previous seasons, you look down the bottom to find where Newcastle and, uh, and Fulham were. It's quite exceptional. And they have been the two surprise packages of the season for me. Newcastle, obviously, going from the bottom two to the top three in one year. But Fulham as well, you know, because when they've come up, they've automatically gone straight back down a a little bit like Norwich. And to find them top six, yes, have played a couple of games more than some and a game more than Newcastle. But, I mean, it's a a marvellous return for them. Um, I mean, they are currently in the table above Chelsea and above Liverpool. Who would have thought that possible, that this would be... The top six matches, you say, and it's got all the possibilities of being a terrific encounter because they're both attractive attacking sides. Um, I think the big difference is Newcastle's got a rock-solid defence and they haven't. Um, but that is the only difference. I think we've both scored exactly the same goals, but they've let in 28 and we've let in 11. So there's a big difference on the goals. But it, it, it's a fascinating game. And I was just talking to Malcolm McDonald this morning for his column in the Chronicle. And then, of course, it's his club, his other club. He was born just outside the Fulham ground. And he can't believe how Sunday is going to be a, such a wonderful occasion for him with the two sides at the right end of the table because that's almost unheard of with both of us. And, but that's great as long as Newcastle win. It is. Yeah, he must be loving it, but I'm sure um, he'll be yep. sporting the black and white of Tyneside on Sunday. Um, did you watch last night's game between Fulham and Chelsea, John? I mean, they seem to, from what I saw, of it, I didn't watch the full game, but from what I saw, they it, they weren't necessarily on top. What they, what they did do is they were clinical and they were effective in the way they played. They pressed. Yeah. And of course, they were helped by that red card. Um, yes. Yeah. But what, I mean, yeah. that is, that is, the, the result for Fulham is, is very much like the result Newcastle had against Tottenham or Newcastle had against uh, Arsenal. It's a bit of a statement result and it, it means they're going to Sunday against Newcastle on a, on a massive high. 
Yeah, I mean, as Newcastle beat Chelsea up here 1-0, didn't they? And, you know, it's that sort of result. Uh, I mean, Chelsea on disarray, but it's a massive derby for Fulham because Fulham and Chelsea back onto one another, as you as you well know, uh, geographically. So it was a massive, massive statement for them. They did it without Mitrovic, who was suspended last night, but will be back to play against us. <clears throat> Significant, because he's never scored against us. And are we tempting fate by pointing that out? Because he, he, he's scored against most people now. And he has sort of become the fully rounded centre-forward that he wasn't quite when he was at Newcastle since he left and went down to uh, Grim Cottage. But um, it's a fascinating game, but it's a one Newcastle have got to win. And I know we keep keep saying that, but um, things are going terrific. We're through to the semi-final of the League Cup with a massive opportunity in the League Cup. It is absolutely wonderful. Man City going out and we draw Southampton in the two-leg semi-final. What an opportunity that is for Newcastle. But of course, weeks and weeks ago, when the, the the League Cup was just beginning to take off, the great discussion point with Newcastle fans was, do you want us to finish in the top four and be in the Champions League or win some silverware? And if you remember, on this show, I said, Shy Ben's getting out, I want both. And I honestly believe we can get both this season because we've got the semi-finals of the League Cup coming up before January is out. The um, the final is February, early February. So that is out of the way. We're not in the FA Cup, unfortunately, anymore. So that we've got the run-in to the league, a long run-in, undisturbed by either of the domestic cups. And so we can clinch a top four position there. Both positions are open to us. And, and that is absolutely terrific. But on Sunday, having drawn our last two Premier League games, not not a very disappointing not not with Leeds and a magnificent not not with Arsenal, we need to get back to winning ways. We need to get back to three points because you've got Manchester United breathing down your neck and then the rest of the pack, which is a little way further behind. Uh, but we need three points against Fulham on Sunday. So it is a big game for both clubs. It certainly is. And just sticking with Fulham, what I like, um, and it's maybe because I haven't looked uh, too far through it, but Marco Silva, you know, not complaining about the schedule. In Newcastle have had a lot of games, and for Newcastle, it's a tight turnaround but for Fulham, it's even tighter, just a few days between the two games. But yep. he's just getting on with it. And that's that's what I like about it. And I think that adds to how good of a game it's going to be on, on Sunday because both managers aren't complaining about the schedule. They're just focusing on what their teams can do to get the win you know, Absolutely. for their teams. And if you're going to be successful, you're going to have tight schedules. Next season, we want our schedule to be even tighter. Because we want our season to be littered with European matches. And uh, if you want to be successful, you've got to be put up with playing an awful lot of games. It's nothing new. We did this in 1968-69 when Newcastle won the European First Cup. We were playing regular midweek games 
on the continent and at home all the way through and the FA Cup and the League Cup. And in those days, of course, managers didn't change their team. They didn't try to spread the load. They put the first team out every time they played, unlike Newcastle at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so, yes, you know, bring it on. We want all that. Um, but I've always said this is a season for us to sneak up on the outside and win some silverware. Because we haven't got a season cluttered with European games. So we've now, out of the FA Cup, we've only got the League Cup and the League for the rest of the season. So let's make the best of it. Talking about the schedule, and like I say, even though Eddie Howe and Marcus Silva haven't complained as far as I've seen, will the players be tired? I mean, that's a lot of minutes to, to, to play. And even if they are tired, do you think from a Newcastle point of view... Because they're on such a good run of form, the League Cup victory, the momentum carries you through, the adrenaline gets yeah. you through. I mean, I won't go on this line of they're tired, poor little souls. It must be tough for them. It, it's magnificent for them. They're winning. The adrenaline gets you through. You're winning. You can't wait for the next game to come along. I mean, this is nothing new in football. Newcastle United, when they won the, the European Face Cup, played 12 games or something in that competition. They played in the FA Cup, the League Cup, they played in the Texaco Cup it, it, later on, etc., etc. It is, and they played the full team every game and not spreading any loads. It is not an impossible schedule. It is a schedule for a, a successful club. And I wish our schedule was tougher this season. I wish we were still in the FA Cup. I mean, you know, it is not an impossible schedule that we're faced with, anything but. And as I say, after we play the two-leg semi-final and the final, please God that we'll play the final, we've got a long run into the season with only Premier League games. So it's anything but a tough season. And that anything but tired. You're never tired. A lot of tiredness is mental. It's mental when you're tired and you're getting hammered and you've got another game and you're getting beat. No, dear me. When you're winning, it, it's it's not a load to carry. You can't wait to play. Players much prefer to play than train. And, um, I, you know, I think we're in a very, very good place at the moment and long may it be so. Yeah, 100%. And Newcastle back at home, of course, after that victory over Leicester in the cup, which you've mentioned uh, there, John. Uh, how important do you think it is to be straight back at home after that result to keep the ball rolling? Because we saw on Tuesday night just how much of a forest St James' part is, the impact the crowd can have when it's not quite Absolutely. going your way. And I think Absolutely. to have another game straight after is actually it's a I mean it's always a plus to be playing at home with Newcastle United but I think it's an added bonus to be back at St James Park so quickly after that game yes I think without a shadow of doubt it is and um, because it is important if you're going to be successful and we're going to be successful and that's what we've aimed at and it's just come quicker than we expected but if you're going to be successful you're needing a result every game you play there's not a game where you say well it doesn't really matter what the result is today of course it matters and this matters in particular because if we want to be very harsh, and we are being harsh because we're judging Newcastle by a totally different set of rules, we're, we're judging Newcastle now by success, not by being down at the bottom. And of the last six 
Premier League points available to us, we got two. Uh, to those so we need to win against Fulham and it's at home and Fulham are a surprise package but they're beatable we won four at Fulham they weren't as good then as they are now there's no question about that but they are beatable and of course it's a challenge but it's a challenge we should welcome and we should relish and we should get amongst them and you know you look at you look at our defensive record, 11 goals conceded in 18 games is absolutely phenomenal. When you go ahead now, you believe you won. When we scored the first goal against Leicester, when Dan Byrne went in as if he was Messi, swaying past three or four, as if he was an eight-foot-six Messi, going past three or four people and then tucking it in the far corner, we felt we'd win. Because of the defence we've got, we just needed that breakthrough. We went on and got a second, and uh, that was great. But, you you know, and yes, we're going to let in a goal shortly because we've kept seven successive clean sheets at St. James's Park, four in the league and three in the League Cup. Seven successive clean sheets. That's bound to end sometime. Maybe it'll be Sunday. But if we win 2-1, we'll be more than happy. Um, because we've won. Uh, the law of averages say there's going to be a goal let in shortly because it, but generally we know how tough Newcastle are at the back and we're just looking for who's going to get the goals and when. And on that front, looking for perfection, I'm rather anxious that Callum Wilson scores on Sunday, you know, because I, I, my feeling looking for perfection is that he's come back into the side after his illness. He's not quite the Callum Wilson we know, he's a little bit off that, he's a little bit rusty, he's, he's a little bit not quite at his peak. And because he's a centre-forward, like all centre-forwards, like Shearer, like Supermark, like Warjaki, they live by goals. And a goal will give him a terrific list. It is nice to look at the bench and think if we need a goal, we have Isaac and San Maximum on the bench. They're two powerful people to be back up, offensive people to be on the bench to back up what we've got on the field. But I would like to see Wilson get back amongst the goals. I think it would just give him a little bit of bounce and a little bit of appetite back. Yeah, 100%. I think that's what a goal scorer always needs, isn't it? That's the remedy yeah. when they're not quite looking themselves. Um, sure. And we will get on to Newcastle's start 11 because, of course, uh, no doubt you guys have read in the news about Joe Linton and the drink driving charge. Eddie Howe has spoken uh, about what he's going to do regarding that. He was asked about it in the press conference. So we will get on to potential changes for Newcastle. Um, I, but it's always nice to be talking about, um, the, not nice to be seeing the opposition are full of good players, but it's nice to be able to point the good players out and yet, not be worried Newcastle aren't going to be able to deal with them. So like, I'm a big fan of uh, Pereira. I'm a big fan of uh, Decorah Reed and William, age 34, is living his best life again, playing like he's a 22, 23-year-old. And of course, Mitrovic, we, you know, he's a brilliant goal scorer. Um, really good players. And yet, as exciting as they are, I don't look at any of them and think, oh, oh Watman's going to have a tough time or Trippier's going to have a tough time or Burns going to have a tough time. And that's just testament to how well Newcastle United are doing, how well 
how hard they're working off the pitch, mm-hmm. on the training pitch, and just generally just how well it's going at Newcastle United at the moment. In- incredibly, Andrew, you look at the whole of the Premier League and there's not a side that terrifies you, including that Man City, as good as Man City are. Because we've played them all now. We've played Arsenal and haven't lost. We've played Spurs and beaten them. We've played Man City and haven't lost. We've played Manchester United away and haven't lost. The only team we've lost to is Liverpool, and that was something of a fluke in the 98th minute. But we've played all the big sides, and we've matched them. And it's a wonderful feeling to think whoever comes along, yes, Manchester City might well still be the yardstick by which you gauge every other side in the Premier League. And that includes Arsenal, really, uh, at this stage, because City are the habitual champions four out the last five or so, and nobody's betting against them doing it again this season. Uh, although Arsenal will have a big say in that. But we went to Arsenal and and nullified their attack. They had won every single home game, but didn't when they played us. We we fear no one at the moment, which is why we, we honestly are favourites to beat Southampton over two legs in the semi-final. And then a one-off game with Manchester United at Wembley will not hold the fear that they'd have held at the end of the 90s when we played Manchester United at Wembley in, in, in the FA Cup final. Let's get let's get there first, John. Let's get there first. It's quite all right. I love talking about being favourites for a semi-final. It's not often you can say that. It's um, not. We've got to be there first, but we couldn't ask for a better draw because Nottingham Forest wouldn't be a better draw. It would be the same sort of draw as Southampton is. We have got the draw we wanted. What we wanted was to avoid Manchester United and to avoid Manchester City, who we confidently expected to be in the semi-finals. You didn't want them over two legs because they're very hard to beat over one game, never mind two games. And we've avoided that. So let us wallow in the situation while being realistic and and, um, realising we're not there yet. But if we can't beat Southampton over two legs, we don't deserve to be at Wembley. And I think we will beat them over two legs. Yes, I I do as well. And um, it's going to be a very enjoyable match preview when that tie comes around. Newcastle could come into this game on Sunday against Fulham in, in fourth, should my United beat Manchester City, of course, and if they, they win, uh, Newcastle would go back above Manchester United. Who, what, what is the ideal result in the Manchester derby, John? Is it my United winning and then Newcastle winning on Sunday and going back above them, but then only being a point behind Manchester City in second? Or is it Manchester City winning and Newcastle winning in third? Or is it a draw between the two clubs and then Newcastle winning and uh, you, know what, you know what? I don't care because we you receive what you receive. We can only look after ourselves. The most important result this weekend is that we beat Fulham. To heck with what happens in the Manchester derby. If if we beat Fulham, we keep bombing for the top four. I'm not looking for us to win the Premier League title. I think that's silly. I mean, it was, it was, it's actually a long shot at the beginning of the season for us to be actually talking about Champions League. You know, we we thought, can we get six? Can we get seven? We're really pushing it to get that and get in one of the Europa League places. But now we're in with a genuine chance of if, 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 if making the Champions League. But I'm not concerned 
about what the others do. Let them take care of themselves. What we've got to do is look after ourselves. I mean, that's one of the things I said before we were going to Arsenal. Everybody said, you know, we go to Arsenal. It's first against third. Can we beat Arsenal in, 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 and get within sight of the title, etc., etc.? And I said, look, the most important thing is that we beat Leeds first. It's no good talking about Arsenal until we beat Leeds, and we didn't beat Leeds. And so, you know, it's no good looking at the Manchester derby. We've got to beat Fulham. Our job is to beat Fulham. We can do something about that. We can't do something about the Manchester derby. But if we keep winning, we'll cause feathers to be ruffled in the city of Manchester, both at City and at United, and in North London with Arsenal and further down with Spurs. We've got to look after ourselves and then let everything take care of itself. Our first job, and it won't be easy, is to beat Fulham. Yeah, no, I'm saying, and the good thing is, is that what you've just said there is what Eddie Howe has been saying all along. It's all about how Newcastle play. It's all about Newcastle play on the day. Yeah, you absolutely. Let, uh, you get tied down by how good the other sides are. Um, let's look at the, the team then, John. I mean, it would have been a team that was unchanged. Uh, there is now a yeah, question he... over whether Joe Linson will start. Now, let me just read what Eddie Howe had to say. So, Joe Linson charged with drink driving. It was um, obviously the, the talking point of the press conference. Uh, Eddie Howe was asked whether Joe Linton would be involved on Sunday. And Eddie Howe said, I'm going to have to reflect and analyse on that. I'll make a decision close to the game in consultation with him. I'm not 100% sure. He then went on to say, it came very much as a shock. It's a difficult situation. Joe was very upset yesterday. I think he knows the seriousness of the situation. Uh, he says we're in a, a position now where we are supporting him, but also understand the seriousness of the situation. He's then asked, will Joe let him be punished? He said, everything will be dealt with internally, but looking at Joe as a person, he's a very good professional and he's hugely passionate about his career and the club. I'm very much surprised by what happened, but we will support him and educate him at this moment. He's very young and everybody makes mistakes. The, the, the key question, John, is whether he starts on Sunday. I, my personal opinion, I don't see how he how he can. And that's coming from someone who thinks he's been the most consistent performer this season. He's been fantastic, especially in the last few weeks. I mean, he was an absolute rock against Arsenal, brilliant against Leicester. Probably one of those that came out with something against Sheffield Wednesday. But given the seriousness of the incident, I just I can't see how he starts on Sunday. Well, it's all a matter of opinion, and um, uh, Eddie Howe has always come up with something that's slightly different when it not on a situation exactly like this. And the great concern, if you go beyond Sunday, is he's due in court a couple of days after we play Southampton away in the first leg of the semi-final. Will he be considered to play in that, say, two days before his court appearance? And that can be significant or more significant than than this Sunday. Um, the simple answer is that at some stage, Newcastle have got to deal with it. It is what it is. Uh, he is not the first young man to face 
this sort of situation. Um, and I'm not excusing anything whatsoever when I say that, but he isn't the first young man. He's a young man. Young men make mistakes. They might be stars, but they're human beings as well as being stars. A decision's got to be made which is going to be as much mental as it is physical, uh, Whether what he feels he's up to doing or not doing, whether he feels, for goodness sake, please let me get on with it because this is what I do and I need to be out there, etc., etc. Or is he not quite in the right frame of mind? Um, Newcastle have got a situation to deal with that. Uh, if it is necessary, presumably somebody like San Maximum will play wide left and you've still got Willick and Longstaff to play in the centre of midfield with Bruno. So we know that the team would be unchanged under normal circumstances uh, because it did brilliantly against Arsenal and it beat Leicester, so it would be unchanged. If it's a change, you would presume it would be San Maximum for Joe Linton and on we go. But this, this decision for Eddie and for Big Joe doesn't just involve Sunday. It involves the game afterwards when we go to Southampton in the first leg of the semi-final. Two days later, he's in court. It's two days later. Newcastle will be back on Tyneside. So he could easily play in that. No question about that whatsoever. And he's not the first footballer to stand on a drink uh, drive charge. Uh, it has happened quite a bit over the years because it does it's life and nobody is is perfect um, but that decision's got to be done and got to be made and it'll only be made by Eddie in consultation with Joe but it's a, it's a double-edged sword the decision is not just about Sunday the decision's about the match at Southampton as well mm. yeah it's a, it's a difficult decision to make as well you can see on social media fans are very divided about whether Newcastle do take him out of the side for for Sunday. And I guess that's because, uh, you know, partly the, the, the seriousness of the, the situation, but also it's it's a sign of just how well he's played. You've got fans who see it as a, a punishment that will affect the whole team. And that, that I mean, that's, that's quite obvious, but it is a sign of how well he's doing and how integral he is to Newcastle United. But again, the seriousness of the situation means some feel he... He will miss out. It is um, an unwanted decision to be made. It's a it's an unwanted distraction, but uh, you will trust that Eddie Howe and his staff will will make that's, the right one exactly. by by Joe Linton and and the club. Um, that's and I agree. Exactly, that's that, that's out, yes, Andrew. You yeah. you would you trust Eddie Howe has got ninety nine point nine percent of all the decisions he's made this season. He's got them right. The only decision in my book that he got wrong was his team selection at Sheffield Wednesday uh, when he made too many changes. Eight was four too many. Um, and we suffered as a consequence. And that's not saying it with hindsight. I said it when I got the team sheet before we kicked off against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so you, you leave that decision up to Eddie Howe in consultation with Joe Linton, both for... Newcastle v Fulham and for Southampton v Newcastle and you trust that that decision will be the right one for the club um, yeah. and that's all that we can say about it and it's all we should say about it because it, it's a legal matter um, and will be dealt with as such but it is not a new matter to football clubs um, it is something they've had to deal with 
from time to time quite regularly in the past down the years and of recent times at various clubs yeah uh, just just a disappointing situation to to be in isn't it um unfortunately um but i agree if he, if he misses out that i think that will be the swap St. maxwin comes in joe willick moves in the middle which which in a way would be a shame because joe willick has really excelled in a more wide position hasn't he i mean he's he gets down that flank and and fullbacks just can't handle him he terrorized leicester um so it would be a shame to see him maybe come back into a more central role, but then perhaps he's still given the rein to run freely where he wants. Um, but as I said, the rest of the team will will remain. You know, Nick Pope didn't have much to do against Les, but when he was called upon, did what he needed to do. Trippier, Trippier, I mean. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let, let, let's talk, John, about Dan Byrne just briefly because he, he got the goal Fantastic strike, you know. Uh, Almiron would have been proud of that finish, that little dart and that little run. Just living the living the dream of of most young boys and girls who who support Newcastle United. Without the shadow of doubt, I thought uh, you know he's a lovely, lovely man. Will will I'll do what I always do before you ask me and say he's got the heart the size of a fine pan because he has. That's that's one of his biggest assets. And the word big is another of his assets, of course. I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, he he talked enthusiastically after the game (coughs) about how he was at the FA Cup semi-final at Wembley as a little lad on the shoulders of his dad when Bobby Robson took us to the semi-final against Chelsea. And Rob Lee equalised and he said the woman in front of Newcastle fan was so enthusiastic she turned around and gave him a big kiss because Newcastle might be on the way to a cup final. And there again, he is responsible for the fact that we might well be on the way to a cup final now. And he did brilliantly. I mean, it was incredible because for his size, to slalom through a defence the way he did going left and right and keep going and keep going and then tuck it in with his wrong foot, i.e. his weaker foot, his right foot, and put it in expertly into the far corner. It it was a terrific effort. Everybody's thrilled to bits from him because he's so big-hearted, he's so much a Jody, and it's so much living the dream. And he's he's a centre-half playing at left-back, for goodness sake, and he scored like a centre-forward. I mean, you know, Malcolm McDonald or Shearer would have been thrilled to bits to score a goal like that. Um, so good for him. Um, and you can't think of anybody that deserves that more. And he's made a position his own that really wasn't his position to make his own, i.e. left-back. He is not a natural left-back. But because of his defensive ability and the cleverness of Newcastle, where when... Trippier attacks down the other flank. <clears throat> they shuttle across to almost a three with Shaw, Botman and Byrne. When the ball's out on the other side with um, Trippier going down the right, 
they just shuttle across so that the three of them are playing as three centre-halves. And um, so he's capable of doing that and playing wide and attacking. And he, he gets on his bike a little bit down that touchline more and more, the more regular he's had to play that position. And it is good to see because you could say that Newcastle are thin at both full-back positions because they haven't got a right-back to, to understudy um, Trippier at the moment. And they're having the left-back because Target is, is injured uh, and is a long-term injury to, to cover Burns. So they, they have a bit of a, a problem there, but it doesn't show in the defensive record of Newcastle is second to none and literally second to none. So well done, Dan. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's just great to see. He's a uh, he's some sight when he's when he's running forward. He had a couple of darting runs before he finally got the goal. Um, and yeah, if you're a full back seeing that towering man coming towards you, um, you'll be quick to to, to, to turn. Um, more from Eddie Howe then. He was asked about about Fulham. He said they're very much in good form. Marco's done a very very good job. I'm very impressed with their style of play. They're not getting results in any other way than being a cohesive team unit it will be a good test of our defensive capabilities you know you would expect them to say some along those lines not yeah. going to underestimate Fulham he knows exactly what's ahead of him but once again you know away from the cameras the focus will all be about how Newcastle United can get the better of Fulham rather than how can we stop Fulham Sure, sure. I mean, the, the natural quotes of every manager these days, every side they play is a wonderful side. Even a side that's tailed off bottom of the league is a wonderful side. It's got a manager doing a great job. I mean, words are just words. Uh, you know, press conferences are just press conferences. They don't tell you a solitary single thing. Because even when something has happened, it's not announced. You know, a player it doesn't train, he's not going to play at the weekend, but he's, it's not announced at the press conference, it's announced in the team sheet an hour before the game, because they don't want to give any advantage to the opposition. So, it's going to tell you nothing. Every manager that plays a genius of a manager, every team is going to be exceptionally difficult, regardless of where they are in the league. It just so happens that in this match, it is going to be difficult. Fulham have had an exceptional season, and Marco Silva has done a job almost as good as Eddie Howe's. Not as good as Eddie Howe's, but almost, because Fulham are very limited in their resources and in their natural history is for them to be struggling down at the bottom again. And, they've, you know, they've proved otherwise. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating, but Newcastle must still be favourites. And it's all about what we do on the day, not what they do. And we've got to do it and do it uh, well and make certain we win again because I can't see us losing, Andrew. But we don't want the third successive draw because when you're third top of the league, the two extra points for winning from a draw makes a huge difference. And if we end up with three points taken out the last nine, that is not too clever for a team that's going for the Champions League. This is a must-win which is we've said so often in the past, but this time for a totally different reason. One yeah. point, three points out of nine would not be a good enough return for where we are in the league. We've got to make certain we get three points out of this game. Now, I don't think this is going to happen, but I'm going to ask you anyway. I think we're both in agreement, John, that it's going to be an unchanged side. 
Yes. But we mentioned how Callum Wilson's not quite looking himself and the remedy is for a striker when he's not on the best of form to get a goal. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But I do wonder, and it, like I said, I don't think it'll happen against Fulham, but it, it might happen in, in the games that shortly come after, whether if Isaac is fit and then he's match fit, whether Eddie Howe just makes that decision to take Callum Wilson out of the firing line. Now, he was asked today about the striker situation. I'm going to read another quote from him. He said, um, of course, they could be on the pitch together. I have to evaluate every game and situation and try to balance the fact you want two attackers on the pitch. Two outstanding players in their own right. The other day, I decided to place Callum because of his bad illness. Alex has responded very well. He's trained well this week. We have to be careful with him because of the length of time he was out and the type of injury he had. He's done all the work, looked in good condition, looks confident and wants to be involved. Now, my my question was going to be, does Callum Wilson at some point, maybe Sunday, even though I don't think so, come out, Isaac starts, but it actually appears to be that Eddie Howe is working towards a solution where you get both of them on the pitch at the same time. Well, I, I think that will be the long-term solution because you've got Callum Wilson, who was good enough to be with England at the World Cup finals just a few weeks back, and you've got your £60 million uh, club record buy. You're not going to play one or the other for the rest of the season and never put them together. They were bought uh, to be able to play together, although with Wilson's record, Isaac was very, very necessary to have cover for a centre-forward. Ironic then that Isaac should get a very bad injury himself. <clears throat> I don't think he's near match sharp enough yet to, to go in the side ahead of Wilson. Um, the only way that he could play is for half a game, which is what he did at Sheffield Wednesday. Now, whether that would be half a game at the start or half a game in the second half is, is a different kettle of fish. I don't think for one second it'll happen on Sunday. I think Wilson will play and Isaac will come on from sometime during the second half unless Wilson's pulling up an awful lot of trees. And I think Isaac, considering the injury he's had and the length of time he's been off, is a long way from being 100%. A long, long way from being that at the moment. And he will be nursed because the last thing they need is another setback for the for the guy. He will be nursed and he will be given a percentage of time over the next three or four games. Even if he ends up starting at, say, Palace or one of the future games instead of Wilson, the idea will be that he will not be on for 90 minutes. He'll be on it to make an impact and then get subbed. Um, I don't think that'll happen on on Sunday because I think the faith is still with Wilson and the feeling is that Callum just needs to get a goal and he'll be up and running again like there's no tomorrow and the best way for that to happen is that he starts and gets on with it and I think he will on Sunday but Isaac will be I think we'll see him every game now whether it's only for 10 minutes or quarter of an hour at the end or if it's on for the last half hour I think we'll see him every game now but he's, he'll be very tightly controlled because he can't be unleashed. He's nowhere near physically ready for that. Yeah, not a bad option to bring off the bench if Cal Wilson is feeling a bit tired or it hasn't worked. We've seen it in the last couple of games. And yeah, you know, you're right. It's going to take time for him to build that match fitness up and just slip back into the way Newcastle play. But what an option to have off the bench. 
Um, just before I ask you then for the result prediction, John, um, the pass for Joe Linton's goal against Leicester City came from Aguilar-Mion. It was a beautiful pass. You know, beautiful. It was That's indeed. thousand times over. Is it a pass that gets you into the Miguel Miron fan club? I'm in the fan club at the moment, but um, well, but I've not had the application I, form. How are you? I've not. How are you? You've oh answered. well, I just just admiring from a distance. And um, when the guy finishes this season with around twelve to fifteen goals, he's nearly there. How many he's got already? So he can. And this is in all competitions. This is him scoring in the League Cup. Three games, please God, that we have three games to go. And when he does that, and he's got X number of assists to go with it, so he's had his first good season on Tyneside in his fifth season on Tyneside, then you begin to believe in the boy in the way we believe in Joe Linton, who was a very average centre-forward and is a very good centre-midfield or left-winger now. We'll believe in that in in uh, Miggy when it happens. He's had a long time of being the enthusiastic smiler, bless him, that we've all adored, but with no end product. There's an end product now. Let's not leap and, and, and make him captain of all he surveys until he's completed a very good season. But my job is going in the right direction. And... We've got to be truthful. A lot of us, excluding you, felt that he wasn't quite liable to do that because everything we'd seen in four seasons on at St James's didn't hold out any sort of hope. Let us remember that last season he scored one goal. Mm. He scored one goal last season. So after half a season... We're not going to suddenly make him out to be uh, Lionel Messi, but we're going to say, well done, mate. You're going well. Keep it going. We've got to see it consistently. The term for any footballer is consistency, not flash in the pan. He's going in the right direction, as Joe Linton did. Let him get on with it. Let him do it. Let him prove himself. And then we can ask for the knighthood. Yeah, it was a bit lonely in the fan club um, this time last year, but uh, <laughs> we're very close to capacity. And I tell you, John, the moment you submit that application and it's accepted, it'll be the biggest party on Tyneside until Newcastle win the League Cup, which hopefully... Um, when, he which... Scores the, when he scores the winner in the League Cup final at Wembley, then he can walk across the Tyne without getting his feet wet. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's written in the stars, I think. No, 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 we've got to get the final first. Let's concentrate concentrate on Fulham first, and then we'll get to that later. Spot on, my friend, spot on. How is Sunday going to go then? Are Newcastle going to win? Yes, they are. Um, The only thing I can't decide, and I never go for score lines because I think they're so silly because they can happen anyway. The only thing they concern, and I think it'll be narrow, and I think it'll be strong, and I think they'll win by a single goal, maybe. The only thing I've got to decide in my own mind is while I would naturally think of 2-0 I've got to think might it be 2-1 because as I say after seven successive clean sheets at home you think the law of averages says at some time there's going to be a goal conceded it should have been conceded against Leicester 
when uh, Vardy missed that absolute sitter, it wouldn't have changed the result, but it would have changed the scoreline when he missed that sitter in front of goal. That could have been the first goal conceded by Newcastle. Will Fulham, will Mitrovic perhaps score against Newcastle? If they do, I think they'll still lose. Newcastle to win either 2-0 or 2-1. I was going to give my score prediction and celebrate we nearly made it to the end without some really annoying drilling. But as you can hear, it's bad. I mean, I've had I've had the microphone on mute. Thank goodness for that mute button. Goodness me. Um, let's wrap this up then before I, I really lose uh, lose the plot. Um, yeah, John, Newcastle are going to win, I think. Close game. Um, yeah, I think Newcastle will win. They'll be up to third uh, or pulled on to third. I think it'll be a good game. Entertaining game for the neutral as well. But Newcastle will pick up another win in front of a sellout St. James's Park. Um, this has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Uh, thanks to John. Thanks to the builders downstairs for joining us as well. Yeah. And uh, please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider. And I can only apologize for any of the drill that you have heard. Hopefully, soon it'll be a thing of the past. Um, but yeah, hit that subscribe button. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle news, including all Eddie Howe had to say from his press conference. I dedicated transfer live blog and of course live coverage of Newcastle's game against Fulham on Sunday thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your week